false start, but we made it. Um, how you guys doing today? Before we jump in, everyone. I here? am. I am. I am good, and I am trying to figure out what the NFL's doing right now. All right. Well, let's let's figure it out together. Uh, we're gonna dive right in. Uh, might be some of the first content creators to talk on the subject about fantasy implications. We'll focus on those. But we got the blockbuster trade coming out of Green Bay and between Green Bay and Vegas. Green Bay shipping Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he's going to sign a five-year contract, be the highest paid wide receiver in the game. And in exchange, Green Bay is going to get a first-round pick and second-round pick that they'll inevitably screw up somehow. <laughs> but obviously, there's a lot of fantasy implications here. Um, BD, I want to toss it to you first. Um, then I'm going to give Turtle a chance to speak, and then I'll wrap up. But uh, right off the jump, how do you feel about it? Who's up? Who's down? Uh, I think that this, from a fantasy perspective, is uh, a majority negative trade, with the exception of Derek Carr, who just got himself another elite pass catcher. But, I mean, I can't see anything but Devontae losing value, Rodgers losing value, Renfro losing a ton of value, and Waller losing value as well. It's it's just bad across the board for both teams from a fantasy perspective, unless you've got Derek Carr. And, you, I mean, he's the only one you for, you're feeling good about right now. The turtle? I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that fully. I mean, I think that, as you can see, Derek Carr throws the ball around the offense a lot. They're going to be a they're going to be a pass first offense, and Devonte is going to take the lion's share of, of of those receptions. I don't disagree with that. Um, you for, know, for, maybe, for our for our listeners, Turtle, can can you tell us which of those players are on your fantasy team? Well, I got Devonte. I also have Renfro. That's those are and, the two I have. So I, I mean, there's a little bit are, of confirmation. What about, there, there's a little bit of confirmation bias there. But with that being said, I mean. You saw what Renfro did last year on that offense. I mean, he was getting he was getting targeted significantly, and that was with you know. Uh, it's hard to say. I really don't know. It's 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 kind of demoralizing. But like, I'm gonna try to ride it out, and I'm just gonna pray for the best. I mean, I don't see Devontae's uh, value going down so much. I mean, yeah. Also, you must have had a little bit of a brain fart there. You also got uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I know I have Rodgers. I wasn't even talking about him. I know his value went down. There's there's no one for him to throw the ball to. I mean, unless they make some sort of crazy splash with the rest of the uh, yeah. free agent wide receivers. You know, Rodgers probably will retire on Tuesday uh, on the Pat McAfee show. So I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put that past him at all. Yeah. So all right. So let's go through this brick by brick. Right. Let Let's start with with Rodgers. Right. QB, who had uh, top three, I mean, uh, I think we can all agree, top three wide receiver. Now, a very important wide receiver domino fell today with Allen Robinson signing. Uh, maybe Allen Robinson waits a few more hours and he could have got a whole lot more money from Green Bay. Who the heck knows? But free agency, and we'll talk about free agency uh, later on in the show, for the majority of the show, we'll talk free agency, but there's not a lot of big names out there. A lot of those dominoes started to fall uh, throughout the week. And 
One thing, fact that we can state is Rodgers is not going to have a top three wide receiver this year because who are those top three wide receivers? Tyreek Hill, and then, you know, do you want to argue Jefferson or Chase are, are up there, right? Their oh, teams definitely. Aren't, aren't moving them, right? So there is, no matter what he gets, it is going to be a step down. Then you move on to Devontae Adams. Let's talk facts with him. He may be going to an offense that chucks the ball around. I'd argue that Green Bay did a fair bit of that. And now, to Brian's point, he needs to share the ball with Renfro and Waller to an extent. So there's going to be more spreading of it. And even if he is the primary target and he does have the highest um, target share, what we can say confirmed is that getting those balls from Derek Carr is inferior to getting those balls from Aaron Rodgers. So does he, I agree with your point, Turtle. Devontae Adams is going to get, quote, get his, but he's going to move from a perennial top three locked in wide receiver to what's a fair range. Is he now a mid range wide receiver one? Is he a bot? You know, is he a, a nine through 11 a nine through 12 wide receiver? One? I think he's a wide receiver one, but what range, what bracket does he fall into the four to six, the seven to the nine, the, the, the 10 to 12. Um, I'm not sure, but it, it comes down. And then, you know, piggyback onto that, you got Renfro who, yeah, he was heavily targeted. When was he getting heavily targeted? When Waller was out. Um, Even if Waller gets shipped off or something now, I think those targets are going to Devante. So there's there's obvious regression there. I think he becomes number three. He was the the safety valve for Carr. Um, But if Adams becomes that safety valve or Renfro remains that safety valve, there's, there's cannibalization there. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think I don't think there's any chance that Waller's getting shipped off, which I, yeah. I think is just that's just more targets siphoned from Renfro at the end of the day because he's a big body tight end. You know, he'll go up and and catch the ball when Carr throws it up. So I I I really think that the worst the worst uh, impact player of this whole trade uh, is probably Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I think with Waller, he's going to be safe um, because, you know, and at the end of the day, being a, a top four tight end, top five tight end is not, not all that hard, um, you know, because there's just not a lot of good tight ends if we if we really, you know, talk brass tacks about the position. So, yeah, I think he falls, but, you know, falling from, you know, maybe a top four to a top six tight end, that, that's not too far a fall. I think the other falls come at the, the other positions we talked about. And and I, I tend to agree. I think the big winner is the guy who got who got the weapon, and that's and that's Derek. If you're a Derek Carr owner, you're saying, well, now I can throw to Adams, Renfro, and Waller, sign me up. So, uh, you know, that that's that's fantasy. But if you if you got these guys and turtle you do, what are you what are you doing with them? Do you gotta do you gotta ride it out or do you do you go get um you know, do you do you sell based on name recognition some of these folks? Well, I mean, I, I was gonna say my, my plan all along was to just hold Renfro. It was to I, I just acquired him. He was my he was gonna be my wide receiver four, so if I ever needed to plug and play him into um, one of those starting wide receiver roles, he would be there. 
Now with him and Devontae on the same team, it's a little bit of a headache for me because, you know, I don't really have that much more depth at wide receiver. So, I mean, for me, I think that I have to try to find a trade partner to uh, get rid of either Adams or Renfro. Um, most likely it will be Renfro because why would I give up Adams when Derek Carr was his college quarterback? They already have a rapport. And like we just established, he's going to get the lion's share of the targets. Um so, yeah, I would say that that would be my main goal is to try to sell Renfro. It doesn't need to be immediately since we're still in the offseason. I'll see how everything plays out and then, you know, assess from there. My my, my real concern is what's Rodgers going to do because I, I think that he might just quit football altogether. Well, I don't know if you saw. There was a tweet that came out. I don't know if it was Rapture. I saw. After that said, he, I guess he was made aware of the of – the, potential or I don't know how how firm it was at the time if he thought maybe you know like Tom Brady oh when when I come back you know Gronk's coming back everyone's gonna re-up blah 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 maybe Rodgers had that type of confidence that things would blow over yeah maybe I don't know I don't know does he retire I don't know Uh, 153 million with a whole bunch of it guaranteed he could go out there and 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 crap his pants and collect the money you know (laughs) each and every week uh, might not be bad, and he could he could say, you know what, I earned it. So yeah. how about how about that AFC West though? Huh? Like that's going to be a fun division to watch. Although I did just see that uh, Jeff Bell tweeted out that the Raiders are the most all in fourth place team in NFL history. <laughs> well, you know what? If you can can uh, can an entire division make the playoffs? Is it just going to be four division winners and the three wild cards, or the other three AFC West teams like? I think it technically all three can make it. Yeah, I mean, the, you everyone probably needs to go three and three in the division. Uh, you know, I'll just win one, lose one type deal against their mates, and then you know win elsewhere uh, when they when they play the their the other parts of their schedule, and you could have a bunch of ten win teams all in that division. So. Wow, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and it looks like the Chargers are really the only ones who are taking the defensive side of the ball seriously. I mean, um, granted, Broncos signed Randy Gregory, but LAC is actually bringing in reinforcements. Yeah, it's it's a crazy division, man. It's a crazy division. That'll okay. be fun. All right, we'll put it this what? way: I'm shook. I'm shook right now. I'm shook. Ah, you're shook. Yeah, I feel like I ankled myself, dude. That's that's where I feel. Well, you've done a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, would you rather have T-Law back or Rodgers straight up? I mean, it depends. It just depends on if the if the Packers can get some weapons because I don't want I don't want them to just put Rodgers out there and watch him crap his pants like you just said. I don't want to see that. That that doesn't benefit me at all. If with with having Lawrence, at least I I had the ability to, you know, wait it out for a few years and, you know, just see if he develops into a, the player that everyone thinks he's going to be. So let me let me give you some names, Turtle. These are the top available wide receivers, and, and I'm not going to name any rookies. So um, you got the injured Odell Beckham. You got the head case Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, Jamison Crowder, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins. Wow. Adam Humphreys. Any of, if you had to pick three... And they got those three that you picked. Are you still feeling pretty crappy? Basically? Uh, I mean, if they if they can acquire if they can acquire Juju, I'd be happier. If they could acquire Will Fuller, I'd be happier. But I doubt that happens. He's going wherever Watson goes. Um, and then the other ones are just they're just veteran guys. I mean, 
you know, who would I be the happiest with? It's, it's so hard to even say. I'll, I'll take Julio, but, you know, Julio's yeah. getting up there, so. And you got to think, I mean, I, I don't know, MVS, is, is he a lock to return? So what if they're rolling Juju, Lazard, and MVS and a rookie? If they get Traylon Burks, I'll be happy with that. All right. They'll have to trade up uh, what their picks to do that. But, I mean, it, it's definitely possible that they just say, hey, we got a three-year window with Rodgers. We need to make a move. Where do you think Burks will go in the actual draft, though? I think he's top 15. You do? I do think he's top 15. But I, if, I think they said that the pick they got is the 22nd overall. Yeah, so 22. They, you know, moving up seven spots, it's not easy, but it can be I, done. I, I don't know. I don't think Burks is going to go that high, to be completely honest, right? I, 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 I think... You're going to see, you know, Garrett Wilson. You might see Drake London go off the board. You might see Chris Olave. I, I, I don't. I think that from a the the fantasy analysis of Traylon Burks is completely different than the the NFL analysis of Traylon Burks. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's still he's still going to be an elite weapon on the field, regardless of if he's on the uh, that analytics spectrum. You know, like everybody in the dynasty community was crapping on him because of his combine scores, but the guy's still going to be a monster if he uh, gets the, the right guy throwing him the ball. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he he might be a good pet. He might, but I don't know, right? I mean, at, at that point, you're just uh, Rogers just riding off into the sunset. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm fearing most. Absolutely. 100% at this point in time, not a QB one this year. All right. Mm-hmm. That's a hot take. That's that a hot is hot. Rogers outside of the top 12 guys. we got a lot to get through. We're going to skip the intro music. We got to dive right in. Um, free agency. A lot of stuff happening this week. Let's start. We'll go position by position as opposed to team by team here. Let's talk quarterbacks first. Some dominoes started to fall. Um, just to go over some of the signings that we did see, we saw the the big one was Mitchell Trubisky signing with the Steelers, two years, fourteen million. Um, what does that What does that do for the Steelers' skill position players? And um, you know, are, are there stocks up or stocks down in terms of? Trubisky 2022 over Ben Roethlisberger 2021. What do you think, Brian? If I had a soundboard right now, it would go something like wah 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 wah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think the the only skill position player that uh, possibly has maintained value through with Mitch Trubisky is Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. I think that this is uh, you're going to see target regression for. Uh, uh, for Deontay, um, I think you're going to see uh, more targets for Chase, but the quality of those targets is going to be garbage. Um, sneaky, sneaky, uh, possible deep, deep upside play. Uh, and I picked him up this week is Anthony Miller. Um, look back at Mitch Trubisky on the Bears, and he really loved his slot receivers, and, and he's got the connection to Anthony Miller there. So uh, deep, deep, deep sleeper, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's bad for everybody. Except for I think Fryermuth might get some benefit from that. Yeah, I wanted to ask. I, I'm not sure um, if, if he's just like a, a sideways mover, where it's like okay, he might not take a step back. He had a pretty good 
or damn good rookie year, does does he maybe maintain uh, the level of play that he had, which was, you know, the seven to twelve range of tight end? I think it just depends on if they get to the red zone, because that was really what they were using Firemuth for. They were for when they were like twenty five yards out and and in. Um, so I guess it just depends on if they move the ball or not. Yeah, we'll have to see. Remember, Trubisky, number two overall pick. Um, we'll find out. He's going to an extremely, extremely well-coached team. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of negativity surrounding the, the Matt Nagy run Bears. And uh, we'll see how much of that was um, talent versus coaching based in terms of the deficiencies that we saw with Trubisky. Um, another one, this is, this, this guy got more money apparently than, uh, Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, two years, 17 million, uh, weird to get that much money. But when you saw that signing as, as Giants fans, guys, did that just, you know, lock in that, okay, Daniel Jones is going to be the starter. We're not getting anyone. They signed Tyrod. So we got to back up. Yeah, just in one ear out the other. I just I didn't care that much. That's that's the sad sad reality of it. I mean, when's the last time Tyrod's played a full season? Anyways, you know, yeah. even yeah. as you know, as a backup, what what's he really going to do? I don't I don't feel like he has the tools to really teach Daniel Jones how to be a better quarterback. He's not one of those guys that's like a a great you know coach around around the uh, locker room. Maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I do think that Tyrod has shown enough in his career that he can be a serviceable player. I think it probably does give Daniel Jones a little bit more of a vote of confidence than if they brought in somebody like Mitch Trubisky to back him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think the leash is going to be short. And, you know, if if he comes out and he's, you know, fumbleitis again uh, and, and not – not making the strides that you expect a, a third be, third year quarterback to make, um, he, he's done. He Tyrod will come in, he'll finish the season out, and uh, and Jones will be relegated to backup. Maybe they'll puncture Daniel Jones along this year. <laughs> That's interesting. I thought when I saw that come across, I just thought, okay, wow, they're really going to give Jones the entire season to really play this out and just bring in him in case of really injury. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think it's much of a competition. I think Jones is the starter, at least out of the gate. And if he falters to Brian's point, well, I don't think there's that big of a drop from Jones to, to what we've seen mm. Tyrod do. All right. Rest of the ones we'll move through quickly. These are signings. We won't even stop on. I won't talk about the re signings, but people who move teams, Teddy Bridgewater signed a one year deal with Miami, uh, six and a half million. So really nothing. Uh, to talk about there, I don't think Tua's seat is all that hot. Kyle Allen moved from the Commanders over to the Texans on a one-year bit, on, on a one-year deal, and then a whole bunch of folks re-signed: Joe Flacco, Chase Daniel, Chad Henney, Brian Hoyer, etc. Nothing really crazy. Um, we've we've got uh, we got breaking news on Deshaun Watson. Okay, he is probably going to take the weekend to decide. Oh boy! All right, all right. So I did see right before we hit live. Um, I did see that the Falcons owed uh, some money to Matt Ryan on Friday, and somehow they finagled that they're able to push that back to Tuesday of next week. So go figure. 
Uh, apparently they held the cards on when they want to pay the guy. There's a lot of smoke there. I mean, while we're on the quarterback discussion, it's not free agency. But let, let, let's talk about Deshaun Watson before moving on to the running backs. Guys, um, we're down to two teams since last we spoke on, on Saturday. There, there were some peripheral teams, I'd say, which were uh, Carolina and Cleveland. But we're down to the final two, New Orleans and Atlanta. I'll, I'll lob it over to you guys. Where, where do you want to see him land? And where do you think he'll land? I want to see him land in Atlanta personally, just for, for my Kyle Pitts shares. But uh, I mean, I, 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 I think the longer this goes on, the, the more likely this is going to be Atlanta. I think he's trying to maybe give them a shot to get some players on board, recruit them behind the scenes so that when his domino drops, every other domino can drop as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, are you aware at all of the you know, smoke out on the Twittersphere around Kyle Pitts being part of the potential package? I did see that. I am. Uh, I have to believe that him being the only weapon there right now that Deshaun would not go to Atlanta if he wasn't there. But I mean, he, he might be part of the package. I, I can't say that he wouldn't be. Um, I just, I, for me, I just, I don't see Houston competing in the next two years, which, you know, I, I think Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the first tight end that commands wide receiver money. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know why they would eat up two years of his rookie contract, you know, versus going and getting some defense and, you know, at least building the defensive side of the ball and, and managing the game that way. Um, I, I don't know. That That's my opinion. But yeah. And, and there's some hope in that built into that opinion. Turtle, where do you think he goes? Where do you want him to go? Oh man, well, I wanted him to go to the New York Giants when they first <laughs> talked about it, but uh, that's not happening. So I would be happy with I would be happy with the Saints. I think that that would be a that'd be a good place for him to be. They have they have some good weapons there. I mean, I don't know who they would have to sell off in order to get him, but if they if they were able to keep Kamara and get Michael Thomas to stay, um, I think they'd be instant contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think I don't know where he's going to go. It's 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 going to be another one of those things where we just got to wait and see, and we could hope. And I know BD's very very hopeful that he does go to um, Atlanta, so that's where I don't want him to go. <laughs> well, I, I will say this, and I, I we were chatting uh, before in the in our uh, league chat of all the places that he could go. I think the funnest would be. Uh, or of the two places, rather, he could go. I think the funnest would be New Orleans. I think, realistically, um, he goes to Atlanta. But I think the reason why I think it would be the funnest is the most fantasy movement would be in New Orleans. You know, Michael Thomas would rocket up boards. The peripheral wide receivers would become playable. Um, The tight end would be fun, you know. I, I think if he goes to Atlanta... In terms of dynasty speaking, anyway, not much changes. I mean, uh, Pitts, you don't move him. He's the dynasty number one. He just, uh, I think Brian made a good point. A lot of risk is removed. He's solidified there for years and years as the one. 
but that's not as exciting as like four or five other guys shooting up the board, having more playable people. Um, and that's not to say that they're not going to give them weapons. There's going to be a plan. Is it Will Fuller? Is it someone else? Like things we don't know. But um, yeah, just my two cents. We'll, we'll apparently have to maybe wait out the weekends and stick by our phones. Uh, apparently, you know, a lot of these QBs like Brady and stuff like to announce on the weekend. To me, it's just like he's in the drama club, man. He wants a day to himself. Today is uh, Devontae Adams Day, and uh, he doesn't want to take the 9 to 12 o'clock East Coast headlines. He wants the day to himself. So we'll see what the weekend brings. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you guys have – I mean, there, there's this one check mark on Twitter, uh, can't guard, at Can't Guard Jake, and he's been – I mean, I don't know if he's trolling everybody, but he has been the one that consistently has been posting these text messages like he's got insider info. Two hours ago, he posted a text message uh, on his Twitter that said, Deshaun's coming home. Uh, And he said, Deshaun's expected to waive his no trade clause and join the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Trade should be announced within the next few hours. So we'll see how, how much this, how insider this guy is, but he's starting to get, uh, you know, retweeted by you know actual uh, fantasy analyst Anthony Servino just retweeted him a couple hours ago. So yeah, I, I don't mean, know. We'll see. A lot of there's a lot of sentimental connections to uh, Atlanta and Georgia uh, as a state, so I can totally see it. It makes total sense. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think um, I'll be upset one way or the other. Have another good quarterback in the league. It just uh, it bodes well for the entertainment factor. Now, to wrap up the QB, who are the QBs that are free agents and not yet signed? Some of the some of the larger names. We got Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, and I, I'll toss in Geno Smith, guys who actually played ball games last year. There's a whole bunch of others that, that are not worth mentioning. But those are the, the big ones. I'd say the realistic folks who could go and win a starting job. Winston and Mariota, I think Dalton and Fitzpatrick could sign, but should mostly likely be veteran backups on the teams. What do you guys think from from that list that I threw out there? Anything that um, you could say looking around the QB landscape right now that those guys should get plugged in and started somewhere? I mean, I I just hope that um, the Colts make a good decision on whoever they're going to bring in for their uh, quarterback because if they get Jameis there, that just boosts their whole offense. That's how I see it. Yeah. I'm I'm watching for where Mariota goes, um, and not because Mariota necessarily, but I want want the starting tight end on that roster. Um, You know, people look at Mariota's stats to his tight ends – over the course of his career, whether it was with the Titans and um, uh, names escaping me right now. Raiders. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the game he started with the Raiders, the few games he started with the Raiders when Carr was injured, you know, check out Waller's stats. He absolutely exploded. Mariota loves his tight ends. So, I, I honestly think uh, the Colts QB turtle to wrap it up, um, it's going to be wherever Deshaun goes that QB is going to Indy, whether it's Jameis or whether it's Matt Ryan. I truly believe that the whoever Deshaun Watson displaces is going to land in Indy. I think they got, they got the money to do it. And quite frankly, they, they I don't know if you guys watch, they got um, on HBO, they got the hard knocks during the season, which this past season was 
the Colts, they got a very, very aggressive owner uh, who, like, he wants to win. Uh, so I think the Carson Wentz thing really upset him. I don't see them taking a year off. I, I see him looking around and saying, we got, we should have been in the playoffs. Uh, damn, Carson Wentz versus the Jaguars week 18. And I, I think he's just going to bring the pieces back and, and, and try to run it back to the playoffs um, out in the AFC South. So, all right, moving on. We got running backs to talk about. A lot of signings, some some big ones, some uh, heartbreaking ones, if you're me. And uh, let's let's run through them. We got James Conner re-signing with the Arizona Cardinals, big money, three years, twenty one million, seven million a year average. I mean, and Chase Edmonds, uh, just to to kind of dovetail the two, Chase Edmonds leaving, signing for Miami on two years, twelve point six million, another big money contract. So the Arizona backfield split up. They both have money that is going to guarantee him um, time on the field. Uh, Turtle, why don't you break down what roles they're going to see? Are these workhorses? Are they split backfields? Is one of them workhorse? Is one of them a split? Yeah, you you know you know. So it's um in my in my opinion, from what I see, you know, James Conner is going to maintain that same role that he had last year, which is going to be. Pretty much getting all the passing down work and all the goal line work. I think he will be the workhorse. As much as I hate to admit it, you know, um, I think he's going to be a good a good running back this year. I, I don't know if he's going to put up top five numbers again, but you know, just having Kyler Murray uh, at the helm help helps him in the long run. So I yeah. was happy. I was happy to see him get paid because I, I think he's a guy that's been through a lot, and you know. Um, it's good to see when these guys get some money and they're they're guaranteed some uh some 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 action. I mean, I'll fess up. We did our we did our startup draft last year um, in May, and uh, you know there was a lot of ambiguity in the Arizona Cardinals backfield. I was on the clock. I took Chase Edmonds, and I wasn't unhappy with it. Right, like we we've talked about it. Edmonds is, is a solid guy. Um, maybe you don't feel great about him if he's your wide receiver too, but if you're playing him at flex, you probably feel okay. Uh, but I picked the wrong guy because I could add an RB1, and I think everyone agreed with me, and Brian was the lone guy in the chat saying, man, I would have went Connor. So, Brian, props there. We'll switch it over to you. Talk about Connor. Talk about Edmonds. Um, Who do you like to to do well this year? Uh, Neither. Okay. Um, And I think you already missed your sell-high window on Chase Edmonds. Um, McDaniel is clearly showing his intent with what he wants to do in that backfield. And, and I have a scary, scary thought that it's going to be a running back by committee. I mean, he just, he just poached Mostert from the 49ers. Um, is he done or you think there's more signings to come? I wouldn't be surprised if there were more signings to come. I I think there's probably a pick on like a, a big guy, don't they? Like a big bruiser or something. Yeah, I, I think there's one more guy coming, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's more of a goal line type guy. Um, and I think that uh, just because James Conner is the guy today doesn't mean that there's not a Chase Edmonds replacement coming in the draft. And I really, I truly expect that to be Isaiah Spiller. He's he is the perfect uh, Chase Edmonds replacement in that offense, pass catching back, talented young guy. 
you know, that that's all he really needs to be. And and I think James Conner will be relegated back to the role that he will he was in last year, which sure was a RB one year last year, but he was propped up by an artificially high number of touchdowns, and I don't think you're going to see that number of touchdowns again. He wasn't getting the yardage, right? He was getting those points. He he didn't have many. Uh, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't a thousand yard rusher. He, yeah, um, I don't think you he know, broke hundred um, more than one or two weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I honestly, I if I'm if I'm a James Conner holder right now, I am selling him. The only caveat I would say is. Rondell Moore could be the Chase Edmonds replacement. And if he is, then I think that changes the value of James Conner back up to a potential RB one. Um, you know, if, if they don't go RB in the, in the draft and they, they end up just rolling with Rondell Moore and, and using him more in that type of role, you know, both of those players could, could have pretty big value increases, but if they draft somebody in the, in the draft, um, draft, a uh, Edmonds replacement of the draft. I, I think that's bad for everybody's value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some good pass catching RBs in this draft. This draft I, I feel is, is loaded with a lot of good RBs and no, and, and maybe one great one who knows about Brees Hall as it might be where he lands. Uh, there's obviously, you know, there's not a, a Taylor, Swift Dobbins type draft, right? You we're, we're a few tiers down uh, in terms of, of talent, at least on paper. But I, I think there, you know, is this a draft with, you know, six or eight Ramondre Stevenson level players? Potentially, right? And if one of them goes to Arizona, like you're saying, sure, that, that definitely doesn't bode great for, for, for Connor's matching last season's value anyway. So, all right, you touched on Mostert. We'll, we'll glaze past that. He's with the Dolphins on a one-year, $3.1 million deal. And other pass-catching back news, James White re-upped with the Pats. That was interesting. Uh, must must signal that his, his hip is okay. And then in, in the, the real big pass-catching news is the, the biggest gut punch to me personally um, J.D. McKissick signs with the Buffalo Bills. No way he didn't. He signed with the Washington Commanders. So, you know, I had the dreams of, oh, my God, Antonio Gibson, who's my RB2, is now, you know, he's top six, maybe top five. Um, they're going to give him the pass-catching work. It's finally here. Um, he's free. And now. It turned around, J.D. McKissick said, well, all my stuff's here anyway. You match this offer, I'm going to stay. Commander's Brass did just that, and he ripped up his plane ticket to Buffalo. So where where does where does Antonio Gibson stand? My opinion, he's the same exact guy he was last year, which is um, a very, 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 very good RB. Um, he finished as the RB10 last year uh but i think he and mckissick was there being a pest all season he, he had a few games out with injury and you're gonna get that with a guy of McKissick's size so that's all right that he's there but mckissick is a great pass catcher um and they're they, they he's going to be on the field so that's going to make mckissick a very usable potential flex player if you got him or if you want to go get him for cheap and, and have him in there in a flex for bye weeks or 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 just, you know, upside, he'll, he'll get a touchdown here or there. 
But it, it caps Gibson. I mean, if we're realistic, um, he probably finishes in the same range. I think he's going to be an RB1 just because his workload is going to be there. But it's going to be on the back end. It's going to be the back end of the RB1. So if he's your RB1 on your team, uh, you got to make sure that your RB2 is, is strong. Right? If you're if he's your RB two, then then you're fine. There's probably not much to worry about on your dynasty team. But uh, the the dreams that we had of of having the full unleash Antonio Gibson experience were lasted all of you know 24 hours. Guys, you you tell me. This is probably the big the big one we want to stop on for a little bit on the the running back side. Um, let's talk Gibson. Let's talk uh, McKissick. What, what do you guys think is my take totally wrong? Uh, is Gibson down as opposed to me just thinking there's no change? I think Gibson stays relatively the same. I mean, we saw what he did when he was given the opportunity. He's he's going to get he's going to get his fair share of the carries. I think McKissick's still going to be coming in on third down, but you know, Gibson's by far the more elite player. Um, over McKissick, so yeah. only time will tell, you know. But I, I don't see, I don't see this hurting Antonio Gibson in any way, shape, or form. Um, it just is it another, doesn't. it's another insurance policy to have on your team, just in case, you know. You need, you yeah. need to carry, you need to carry a couple different running backs. McKissick's proven, and he's and he's pretty good um, pass catching back, and that's really all I think he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's certainly not gonna, uh, you know, if we're comparing it to Connor, he's not coming in inside the five or 10 yard line to, to steal anything. Um, but, but you know, it's, it, it doesn't hurt Gibson for sure. Uh, but, but him staying doesn't, doesn't help. So uh, again, I I think the same Antonio we saw last year, which is going to be your RB nine overall to RB 12, the bottom of the RB, RB one, um, sphere, which is RB 12. So I, I think it'll be in or, in or around there. His health will be back. You know, he played most of the season with a with a stress fracture. So those early downs with Wentz, um, and you know, I guess if we talk about Wentz, which um, changes, yeah, he's he's historically not a check down guy. Um, he he doesn't really throw to his running backs as dump off. So who knows what that full unleashed Gibson experience would have really looked like, but. Yeah, I was at, I was actually going to say I, I'm I'm a little higher on I'll take the the anti opinion on on what you guys were saying. I, I actually am a little bit higher on Gibson, um, and it has nothing to do with with McKissick coming coming back, but it has everything to do with Wentz signing there. I think Wentz is the I mean he's clearly the best quarterback that's that's been there. Uh, you can argue whether he's good or not, but he's the best quarterback that's been there since Gibson's been there since Terry McLaurin's been there. You know, he's not a checkdown guy, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor had 51 targets last year. That's that's not an insignificant number of targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just having a uh, moderately competent passer is going to open up the running game a little bit more. So I, I would actually argue that Antonio Gibson's ceilings. I mean, I agree. He's he's probably not a top three. He's probably not a, even a top six guy. But I could very easily see him finishing RB seven, RB eight on the year, and you know, incrementally increasing his his position in the dynasty rankings. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I can see that too. I think that's that's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Naheem Hines was there playing the McKissick role, um, and you know he gets he gets a bunch of passes and not many rushes. So we'll probably see something very similar. You know, if if McKissick has three to four totes a game and um, some targets, that's probably what you get. And I think Carson maybe. Uh, raises raises the tides a little bit, and, and usually rising tides raise all ships. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. All right, moving on. Um, we got a few tiny ones here. Uh, we got, we we do actually have some uh, some breaking news with Deshaun Watson. All right. Um, so the Panthers have been informed that they are out on the trade for Deshaun Watson. So that leaves only the Falcons and the Saints at this point. That that was uh, that's reported by Ian Rappaport. Okay, all right. So let's let's talk about that. That's that's official. Panthers dead in the water. That could have obviously turned around a lot of fun fun players in Carolina. Um, if we segued for sixty seconds, um, what do you think? What do you think is is Carolina's next move? I mean, can they really move forward with the QBs on their roster, or are they going to be in the Winston type sweep, Winston Garoppolo, Matt Ryan type sweepstakes? Yeah, I mean, if honestly, if if I'm them, this is actually uh, a good thing for me because I don't have to be left hanging. Winston, I feel like was probably a saint uh, if this whole thing didn't go down with Deshaun and the Saints. So. I mean, he he met the 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 Panthers may end up having the opportunity here to go out and get their their choice of the remaining quarterbacks. Yeah, and right? I mean, let's be serious. If Baker Mayfield lands in Carolina, best QB that DJ Moore has ever had, yes or no? <laughs> that is hard to say. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It is true. I mean, I mean, at least yeah. Baker has you know brought a team to the playoffs. You know, I mean, I mean, if Baker can be rookie Baker, right? Like that was what we were excited about was rookie Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I wouldn't. I hope Baker's good one day. I pray that he is. I like that guy. We needed he. Some guys just need a change of scenery, really. You know. Yeah, look what happened with Odell. As soon as he switched teams, he started dominating. Yeah. So I mean, but uh, all I need is six touchdowns, not four touchdowns, and I'll be happy. So yeah, there you go. All right, back to the RBs. A couple scat backs that signed, but, you know, they're fun little players. I think each of us touched one of these players last year, and they were fun. They were startable. Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah both signed, unfortunately, with the same team. They're both going to Las Vegas Raiders to go to that backfield. And uh, we talked about this last week, right, was um, McDaniels is going to employ the Patriots way, which is a running back by committee. And he just brought in two additional players who who not. I think they got their whole backfield already. Uh, I'm sorry, they're 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 active four RBs on game day. You got Jacobs, you got Drake, you got Abdullah, and you got Bolden. They're all great. Bolden's going to be active because he plays special teams, and we saw what he can do um, in a pinch uh, playing. And then Abdullah, I mean, he was he was a fun little player last year. Him and Hubbard and, and stuff split in time. I, I I thought he was very usable, you know, towards the end of fantasy season. So. Any of you guys, uh, if you had to have 20 players on your roster, either one of these guys make, make your 20, or are they someone that, uh, you know, during the, during the year an injury happens and you're making a waiver claim on one of these guys? I'll give each of them a letter. Y-U-C-K. Yuck. <laughs> All right. All right. So let, let's move on. 
We got Damian Williams signed with the Atlanta Falcons. That went down today. We got Dari Agumbawale signing with the Houston Texans. That was a two-year deal for $3.3 million. Not small change. He's going to be getting touches in that backfield this year. Uh, you can book it. Moving right along, you notice we're not stopping on any of these players to, to go in depth. But you got Tevin Coleman re-signing with the Jets. Hey, guys, I want to stop here because here's my hot take on this. This was the best thing that could have happened for Michael Carter. I think this was a really big vote of confidence in Michael Carter. Um, the free agency period is not over. The draft isn't over. But in the first few days, as, as people have gone around, I said, well, if their, if their, quote, big back that they're bringing in is the, you know, very broken, very tired, very slow Tevin Coleman, Man, are we going to see more Michael Carter than we thought? Now, Michael Carter is a small guy, right? Um, we all know that. So they're going to bring someone in. Uh, but, you know, does this mean that he's going to see the field 60% or more of the time? I don't know. I just looked at this and I said, wow, that's very – that's a yawn. So so that's got to be good for little MC. What do you guys think? Are you guys Carter fans or are you guys both like, bleh? I'm a Tevin Coleman truther. No, I'm just kidding. I like Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter's going to have a lot of the uh, touches coming out of the backfield. Um, Tevin's in there just to get injured, you know, like he does every year. So that 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 just really only leaves Michael Carter unless they draft another. I thought they personally were going to bring in a power back. I thought they were going to grab Donta Foreman or, or one of these other bigger guys. Um, but it ha- they haven't yet. So I guess it really is Michael Carter's backfield. Yeah, I I feel there's there's something going on with the running back market. I, I I'm not I mean so weird. I, I'm not an insider here. I have no idea, but there, there's a domino that everyone is waiting to fall, and for some reason the running back market has been stymied until that domino falls. I mean, I hundred percent agree. I was thinking of you know topics and and ways to frame up the RB discussion on the drive home today. And I had the same freaking feeling, Brian, and I'll, I'll swing it back to you, but I just wanted to, you know, to agree with you there, which is everyone's waiting on something. I don't know what that is. All, the only thing name I could really think of that kind of moves it is Leonard Fournette. Like, I don't see any of these other guys really being the guy who they're waiting on. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? I mean, there are there are quality running backs out there. You've got Fournette, you've got Melvin Gordon, you've got Rashad Penny. I mean, there are guys. Alvaro Patterson. I mean, he. Yeah, Patterson. A a creative coach can go use him the same way he was using Atlanta. He's there. Um, I mean, he's not great, but Ronald Jones is still young, high draft capital. You think that he would he'd be somewhere? I mean, there's. There's like you said, there's players. I mean, the Chiefs haven't even gone and re-signed Jarek McKinnon. Like it, that, I thought that was a no-brainer that they'd bring him back. But it's like teams are not signing running backs. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really really weird. I mean, even even Seattle. Seattle doesn't. I mean, they they don't have a healthy running back right now, right? I mean, <laughs> no. Like they 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 don't have a running back, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's weird. I. I, I feel like everything is just waiting on this Deshaun Watson news. Everybody's sort of waiting and, and wishing and saying, well, wherever Deshaun goes, I, I want to go too. 
Yeah, you know? maybe. And then there's second and third level effects when it comes to to cap room and um, not just with where he signs, but but say you know um, if Matt Ryan or Winston goes, you got a very large contract, or with Winston a potentially multi year you know decent sized QB contract that will impact. Teams might not want to price themselves out of being able to sign one of the other dominoes that falls as a result of Watts. And so that's a good point. It very well could be that and not just like saying, well, Fournette's the top guy. Let's see what deal he gets. And then we can have easier negotiations of saying, well, your client's not as good as Fournette. So here's what we'll offer. Yeah. Um, uh, Turtle, anything from you on those names that we said that are still out there? They're still free agents. Um that you want to see? No, I, I mean I think I think once Lenny well, once Lenny gets signed, everything's gonna everything else is gonna fall into place. I don't think Lenny's going anywhere besides the Bucks now that Brady's back. Um, and then once he signs, all these other guys are gonna sign. I mean that's that's as simple as it is. Like you said, it there's a stop with these with these NFL owners giving offers to running backs right now because they don't know what's happening as far as where who's going where. So as soon as that one domino falls everything else is going to fall into place. And I, I guess there's no rush right now. There's no. no rush. There's no rush whatsoever. And you had the yeah, the final piece. You had your Deontay form, and you were really waiting for him to go, uh, potential to maybe go to the Jets and immediately get inserted into a timeshare. Uh, he lands in Carolina where um, – you know, there was some chatter Corey's throwing around. He was he's an RB three. I I think there's some potential that he was brought in to to play the backup role. I don't know what that means when CMC is in front of you, but all things considered, um, how do you feel about where Deontay Foreman uh, landed? Really good story, the kid, obviously. Uh, but now, what does he mean to fantasy owners? I mean, I love that guy. He's a big bruiser, man. I mean, he could he could fit into any offensive scheme, I think. Everybody was saying last year that he could only fit into the Titans scheme because that's how they run it, but I don't think that's true. I mean, he's a great player, and CMC is such a flight risk at this point. So if they end up keeping CMC and CMC goes down again, which he's done three, three years in a row, basically, Foreman becomes a pluggable RB2 every week. And I don't want to even think that. See, I, it's hard to even imagine a world where CMC stays healthy the whole year. Because at this point, it's just, you know, it's just a cycle that this guy's in. And it's, it's a shame, but I just don't see him staying healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all a lot of soft tissue last year. I don't know if that means it is going to reoccur or if that is just, a signal that his body is breaking down and we see soft tissue injuries kind of stack up. Um, some people can get over them. Some people can't. We've seen plenty of, uh, of people just, you know, it's, it's just nicks and bruises and, and strained muscles for the rest of their career. Uh, we've seen people just have a string of bad luck and get over it. IE Frank Gore. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The, the last wide receiver, I mean, wide receiver the last running back i would say that i'd like to see move he's not technically a free agent because he was tendered but any team is free to sign him as d ernest johnson i think um him getting a little chance somewhere would be a really fun uh story you know along the lines of form and not injury but just his rise to um be where he is but if no uh, i think there's a right of first refusal uh the browns have the right to match any incoming contract uh that johnson may sign 
uh, and get to keep him. So, so he, he most likely won't move anywhere if anyone even extends him an offer. But if he stays, he gets between two and three million bucks, which is uh, again a, a good ending for uh, for for that kid's story. So, all right, let's talk wide receiver guys. Um, you got news last night on Chris Godwin signed a big deal. He's staying with Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um. You had Allen Robinson signed today. That's uh, we'll we'll stop a bit there. I, I I don't know how many big name wide receivers one team needs. I think this is their fifth. I, I'm well maybe fourth if you don't count Van Jefferson as a big name wide receiver. But uh, Allen Robinson the second signing with the Los Angeles Rams for three years, forty five million. BD, tell us what the heck we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean I I think this is another one of those situations where. Uh, the only the only positive impacts out of all of this are quarterback and running back, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is great for Matt Stafford. It gives him another, uh, you know, rock solid weapon to throw the ball to. Uh, I think it completely puts the flame out on the Van Jefferson story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I think Robert Woods, if he comes back. Uh, if he's not released, um, is probably the third wide receiver in that offense. Uh, Tyler Higby, see you later. Um, Cooper Cup, I think this takes the the top off of his uh, his you know wide receiver one overall upside. Um, you know, I I said this in the chat earlier. I I do like this for Cam Akers because I think it does open up the running game a little bit with their uh, you know their their talent issues at the uh the offensive line position especially with Andrew Whitworth retiring but I, I I think it's it's a good for uh it's a good for Stafford it's it's potentially a good for Akers and I think everybody else is uh is capped you know I, I mean I think Allen Robertson gets the best quarterback of his career he probably has wide receiver two upside um but yeah I, I that's where my head's at on the thing I'm pumped to see an Allen Robinson revival. I really am. I, I've always liked that guy. I, I hope that he he is successful, just exactly like what Odell did this year. Odell was dead in the water, went to the Rams, and then you know his his career just instantly turned around. And now he's going to get a shot somewhere else. And I I genuinely think that's going to be the same thing with uh, Allen Robinson. We're going to be seeing a prime Allen Robinson from a few years ago, even though he still never had a good quarterback. So I, I only can see good things with, with what's happening with Allen Robinson. I, I don't think it really affects Cooper Cup at, at that much. I really don't. Cooper Cup's just going to be still a target hog, and uh, he'll get his. I, I don't see his upside being capped at all. Yeah, I mean, so you brought up Odell. He's obviously a free agent. We've heard a lot, hey, we want to sign him, we want to sign him. Um, is is he going to get signed on a on a mini deal and, and land there uh, somewhere end of October, beginning of November, and make things a headache for fantasy managers right when they want their guys kind of locked in for the playoff stretch run? Um, it might be great if Robinson starts off on a tear, but what happens if Robert Woods and Van Jefferson, and, well, Jefferson's healthy, but Robert Woods and Odell come back and it's October, November, and now you got five guys who would be, you know, the wide receiver two or higher on a lot of teams, and they're all fighting for Matt Stafford targets. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a lot of people's mouths to feed, but you got to think, 
they must know that Robert Woods isn't going to be healthy right away at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Allen Robinson's a really good insurance policy for that. Um, and then I guess when push comes to shove, if, if it really comes down to like having to feed four guys, you know, I think that's really just going to be two. Really, only two of them are going to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think it's going to be much more than that. All right, let's let's move on. Um, we, we touched on Gallup last week because we were talking about the Amari Cooper trade. He he ended up signing a, a big deal this week, five years, sixty two and a half million. Um, we, we did touch on it last week. We think the arrows pointing, you know, if not straight up, um, you know, forty five degrees uh, in the positive direction. He's he's trending up for Dallas. Was signing the big deal, Brian? Any any? points or, or same as what you thought last week where he's just, you know, he's got a strong uh, future ahead of him in Dallas. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm honestly a little concerned that, uh, he ends up, uh, the third wide receiver on that offense again. And Dallas goes out and drafts a wide receiver. Um, I, I could see if, you know, if Traylon Burks is sitting there, uh, you know, Jerry Jones has the Arkansas connection, and and I could very see him, very easily see him getting enamored with Traylon Burks, and and you know, going to grab another another wide receiver. If he doesn't, you know, I, I think they have three competent pass catchers. They've got C.D. Lamb, who I think takes over the wide receiver one there. Gallup, uh, who you know, hopefully will be ready for the season. Um, and then you got Dalton Schultz, who I, I think has shown himself to be every bit of a uh, potential tight end one in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it all depends on what they ultimately do in the draft. Although they have missed out on a couple uh, key free agent signings. So, they, you know, I, I also wouldn't be surprised to see them go sign, you know, some wide or some, you know, free agent wide receiver at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, something could happen, especially because Cedric Wilson departed. Uh, he signed a big deal with Miami three years, 22, almost 23 million bucks. So, um, you know, Wilson played a lot of the slot last year, so there's an opening for a slot there. I don't think we see a Beasley reunion, but there, there's other slot receivers out there, um, Jameson Crowder, et cetera, Juju, who knows uh, what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still, I still think Gallup will be all right, but you're right. Um, I didn't even draw up the, the connection of Arkansas to um, – the Jerry there, there, there's definitely, you know, we got to hold our breath during the draft as if you're a Gallup owner. Yep. Yep. So moving on, let's talk Jacksonville, two receivers, uh, one leaving the team, one coming to the team, both signing pretty big deals. Uh, Christian Kirk, four years, 72 million. I don't know what's going on, uh, with the water down in Jacksonville, but heading out and going to Detroit, DJ Chark signing a one year, $10 million deal. Uh, again, I, ten million bucks seems like a crazy number for a guy who didn't touch the field last year. But Turtle, uh, talk to us about Kirk in uh, looking on paper right now, like the wide receiver one in Jacksonville, and then talk to us about DJ Chark on paper and getting paid like the wide receiver one in Detroit. I, I'll start with DJ Chark because I I really like DJ Chark. He's a big wide receiver. I think he was on a good trajectory before he got hurt. Um, and that was with no quarterback. Um, so to put him in, I mean, he's now still got no quarterback in Detroit. But I think that him as a solid um, wide receiver, too, with Amon Ross St. Brown right there, 
I think he'll actually have a pretty good year. I don't see why he wouldn't, you know. You got Hawk, you got Amon Ra, you got Chark, and then you got and then you got um DeAndre Swift. I mean they actually have a pretty good offensive uh unit there. Yeah, if, and they signed Lee Raymond and Josh Reynolds for Yeah. Whatever. If Jared Goff can get it together, you know, he, he wasn't looking too bad at the end of the year and you know Dan Campbell's pretty solid coach. So I think that he's got a pretty good plan in place. I don't think they're going to compete, but now with this whole Rodgers situation, at least they could potentially win some games in their division. Um, okay. All right. The, what do you think the, about Kirk? The Kirk thing still... You can, you can bring it, up Zay Jones, too, if you want. Zay Jones has a <laughs> year $24 million. So if you're talking Jacksonville, talk about Zay, talk about um, Kirk. I mean, Trevor Lawrence needs weapons. I think that Christian Kirk showed enough last year. I think he had almost 1,000 yards. Um, as a wide receiver, I, I guess you can call him a wide receiver two slash three on his team. Um, I guess he did enough to get a good payday. I mean, I haven't seen so much from him where I'm like, wow, that guy jumps off the page for me, but they must see some big potential in him if they were going to pay him and give him uh, that big contract, you know? So maybe Lawrence can develop a good rapport with him and that will, uh, you know, I, I will help him, but it's not my favorite signing because, it, it's just it's tough to say really why why they would give him such a good opportunity. What what I, what is the what is the the outside receivers versus the slot look like, Brian and, and Jacksonville? Are, are Kirk and and Zay on the outside no matter what, or are they going to move with that money? Do you deploy I, Kirk all over? I don't know. I I really don't. I mean, I, in one in one sense, I don't really understand what Jacksonville did. All they did was they signed a bunch of slot guys right you've got you know i mean christian kirk only started producing last year when he was in the slot and now he i I mean he has to become the outside guy Mm -hmm. uh you've got zay jones you just signed evan ingram from a tight end perspective uh who you know i mean that's another slot guy in theory um you know Marvin Jones on the outside, but I mean, you just you went out and got all these slot guys. It's like I, I mean, you can only play so many guys in the slot. Um, you know, with with that said, I think you know Jacksonville is is running uphill in terms of signing free agents. It's not a sexy destination. You know, people don't necessarily want to go there. Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown that he's a competent quarterback yet. Um, I, I think they had they they did the best with probably the opportunity that was presented to them uh, in the free agent market. Although they also did the market a, a severe disservice by overpricing wide receivers, and and I think it's resonating throughout the rest of the market. Um, but I, I think they gave it their best shot to uh, to get Trevor Lawrence some weapons. Really interested to see uh, the tight ends down there. Um, Doug Peterson has a history of of targeting his tight ends, um, so you know there there may be uh, there may be some upside for Evan Ingram um, in that offense and Dan Arnold in that offense, uh, similar to to Goddard and Zacherts a couple of years ago when uh, you know when he was in Philly. So yeah. And I guess if we're spending all this time on Jacksonville, we'll uh, – Turtle, you, you, on the on the Dynasty Drama social media, you put out um, something. It drew up some 
uh, conversation about Travis Etienne. Uh, there was some discussion with some other, you know, folks in the the fantasy football space, uh, replying about you know being being a little. The the question was around, and you might frame it better than than I'm capturing it now. Was you know what what would the draft pick cost be for Travis Etienne, something like that? And there was a range of of responses. Some of them saying, you know what, the injury. With with him and with Robinson, it's too much. I don't want to invest in an asset like that at, at rookie draft capital. Others were saying any range within the, the middle to the end of the first round. Um, talk to us about the Jacksonville backfield and what do you think they do this year? I think that is the one bright spot of their team. I mean, if they can get James Robinson healthy and then have Travis at ETN do what everyone thinks he was going to do, um, they could have a thunder or lightning type situation on their hands. You know, I mean, Etienne's a true running back as much as everyone wants to think that he's a pass catching back. He is a true running back. I mean, he's built like one. He's, I think he's, I think he's like five, 11, 209 pounds. So he's not small or undersized. Um, and then you got Robinson, who's really proven his worth uh, on that Jacksonville team. So I think that he'll, I think he'll still get a shot to compete if he's healthy. Um, I think it's their bright spot. I mean, I, I, I don't think those wide receivers are, are flashy or they're going to turn heads, you know. I mean, I think they'll be serviceable. But I think the whole the whole thing with Jacksonville's success is going to come from those, those two offensive running weapons. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the uh, – if we pause, speaking of the, the dynasty drama socials, where, where can our listeners um, follow us on Twitter? So it is Dynasty Drama Podcast. All right. So at Dynasty Drama Podcast, uh, you can follow me, Matt, at, at all in underscore kid. Turtle Brown, you want to give your socials too? Yeah, I'm turtle underscore dynasty drama. Yeah, and I am Brian underscore dynasty drama at Driss BD. Yeah. And I'm Matt underscore dynasty drama, but my at is at all in underscore kid. All right, sticking with the wide receivers, if we're moving on, we got, hey, this was this was a good piece of business. It was a big contract, kind of in the chark range, right? Three years, 30 million, so 10 mil a year. Russell Gage moves in the, in the NFC South. He's swapping his uh, Falcon colors for uh, a Buccaneers uniform. What do we think about Russell Gage? I thought he played, I mean, maybe in an absence of, of talent there besides uh, Pitts. He had a good little year last year. Now he's getting balls from Tom Brady. What do we think about Gage? Yeah, I, I think he's a nice little signing um, for uh, for Tom Brady down there. Um, you know, it seems like every wide receiver wants to to go play down with with uh, Tampa Tom. Um, I, I honestly, I think it's a great insurance policy as well in case Chris Godwin isn't ready at the beginning of the season. You know, that, that team is built to compete now. They need to make sure that they're winning games at the beginning of the season, even if Godwin's not ready. And I think Gage, you know, he's not Godwin quality, but I think he at least is 80% of Godwin and gives them the opportunity to win games early on in the season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I think, you know, if anything, he can cover if Godwin needs some time in the beginning. Um, all accounts point to Godwin being ready. Um, but we saw Antonio Brown have a very, very real role um, with the team and a very playable 
fantasy player. I mean, a, a wide receiver two or higher uh, when Brown was playing. So we know Tom Tom uh, slings the ball around. There, I think he goes in there, plugs in the Antonio Brown role at a minimum, uh, where he's able to give you enough weekly usage to to make him a very usable player. I don't think it hurts Godwin. I don't think it hurts Evans. Uh, I think Brady likes to huck the ball to three guys plus. Um, so I, I think Gage is, is standalone. Whether Godwin is healthy, Evans healthy there, I think you got Gage playing um, a very usable role each and every week in Tampa. All right, we, we talked about Cedric Wilson. We talked about Zay Jones. Um, the next one we got here it was a re-sign, uh, Braxton Berrios. Um, I like the guy. He's a, a good little player. He's going to be sandwiched in there between uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis by all accounts. I, I think he'll probably get a lot of snaps out of the slot. Um, they're going to move more around the formation, obviously. But uh, Braxton Berrios, what, what do we think? Is he just a wide receiver four or five, or is he going to be a Renfro type guy? Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, I saw some good stuff from him last year, but I, I, I think that it depends on if they, uh, if the Jets resign Crowder, because he's still he's still there, right? Crowder's still there technically. Crowder is a free agent. Yeah. yeah so if the Jets resign uh, Crowder, then I think that Barrios's uh, value goes down significantly. But if they don't resign him. Um, then I think Barrios is going to have a pretty good role in that offense. I think that he'll he'll get the ball. He will get the ball. I don't know. I think the most interesting thing about Barrios is he's is who he's dating. Who's he dating? Uh, Olivia Culpo's sister. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Pretty good for him. Uh, other other than that, I don't really give a crap about Braxton Barrios. Good for him though. That's a good. He just signed a two-year, $12 million contract, so he's he's crushing it on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the rest of the free agent market there, unsigned. We got uh, we mentioned these names before. Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, Jameson Crowder, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, A.J. Green. Then we get into... You know, uh, a couple tiers down. We don't need to really talk about a lot of those guys like the Adam Humphreys tier. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about these guys as the dominoes fall. Uh, I don't know that we there's any names that I just listed that you guys want to jump into. If you do, speak up. Or... No, let's just. I just I just got to pray that uh, Aaron Rodgers gets at least two of those guys. I'll be I'll be a lot more at ease if Aaron Rodgers gets two of those. Guys. I just saw a tweet saying how to rebuild the Packers wide receiver core. Brandon Cooks via trade, Jarvis Landry via free agency, Traylon Burks via 122. I don't hate that even the slightest bit at all. I love that. I oh, love Brand- that. Brandon Cooks all day. You'll have me happy as a clam. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, uh, Cooks is traded every year, guys. So we none of us should be surprised if he is on the move again and uh, being a very usable fantasy wide receiver somewhere new. Um, that guy must pay a lot of money to move in companies, though. He is <laughs> packing up it, his shit. It's written into the contracts. Yeah, there you go. All right, so tight end, and then we'll wrap it up after this. We got Gusecki, Schultz, and Njoku franchise tag. We don't need to talk about that. We got Ertz and Will Disley re-signed. Uh, Max Williams re-signed. There, there's very little to talk about here. Um, but we will talk about the ones who who changed teams, and that's that's two guys. We started talking about them 
at the uh, at when we were talking about the Jaguars is Evan Ingram, who signed a one year nine million dollar contract with Jacksonville, and CJ Uzama, who uh, man he parlayed his uh, Super Bowl appearance into three years twenty four million with the Jets. Um, and then, of course, there was uh, Tyler Conklin, if we're sticking with the Jets, who signed three years, $21 million. That's, that's, um, Will, that's Will Disley level. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, guys, I don't know what the Jets are doing. Uh, can, can, can one of you help me understand what they're doing with Uzama and Conklin? What's the plan here? Jets are the Jets, man. Jets are the Jets. They'll always be the Jets. doesn't matter. They're always the Jets. <laughs> All right. Any anything that uh, fantasy owners should should take from those guys swapping teams? Uh, I'll throw Ingram in there too. You touched on it. You, you were saying, I, I, yeah, I, I like Ingram. I I honestly think that there is one of those tight ends down there is going to be fantasy viable. I don't know whether it's Dan Arnold. I don't know whether it's Evan Ingram, but Doug Peterson loves himself as tight ends and. Uh, Trevor Lawrence needs as much help as he can get. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, guys, that's the tight end position. Not a lot of movement there. That's that's worth talking about. The, the top guys are not are not changing teams. Um, but any further breaking news that we need to cover, Brian, before we wrap it up in the past few minutes here? No, nope, nothing interesting on Twitter right now. Um, Byron Pringle, big, big deal with the Bears. That that really moves the needle for Justin Fields. Okay, okay. so Pringle, a big buy. All big, right. big buy. And we're still waiting on Watson to choose his destination. Yeah, it seems like it's going to take another couple days here, but um, I don't know. I, I Like I said, the longer this takes, the more and more I think it's going to be the Falcons. You know, the Saints are a win now type situation the falcons if they can sign the right players put them in a position probably to win in the next two to three years and the long, like i said the longer this takes the more i think it's probably the falcons okay all right i don't disagree with that all right for brian turtle and myself matt thanks for listening to another episode of the dynasty drama podcast we will catch you next week bye guys bye see ya